and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to Eleven. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Zach Bartles. Zach, what you chuckling about tonight, man? Uh, just It always seems like as soon as we start recording, I hear like... I think it's your phone or I don't know. It is. That is my phone. It was actually Nathan Bartlebaugh texting me. You and I were... Actually, just subtext. Uh, I have friends. I have a life outside of this. <laughs> no, don't look behind I have a life the curtain. Outside of this podcast, and that life is another podcast. <laughs> don't look Dude, behind you just the curtain. My life too. <laughs> dude, dude. The only thing is, I, at this point, I've only got one other podcast. You've got like fifty. <laughs> Dude, I just shut one of them down. I just, I just closed the book on Clinch. And uh, everyone should go check out those last three eps, uh, which means that since the last episode is the ending of a story that I started uh, in October, they're going to have to watch the, or listen to rather the first and the last episode to get the whole story. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, I, you simplify, simplify. I'm going down from five podcasts to four. That's right. That's right. Just, Something. you know, pulling them in, streamlining. And I've been, dude, I, so I took the week off. I'm, I'm actually going to spend some time uh, on the lakeshore, our family, and Ted Cluck and his family. And I have been binging a bunch of podcasts. I spent a bunch of today, uh, redeemed the time, man, as they say, binging <laughs> Stranger Things Season 3, which you just told me you have not yet started watching. I have not. Um, and it occurred to me, dude, with all these, like, like every brand in the world has, like, a crossover, like, ad campaign with Stranger Things right now. I know. How the world does a podcast called These Go To 11 not have one? How <laughs> is know. there not some? I mean, good grief. I mean, I'm just thinking, like, maybe we should change the graphic to you and me with, like, blood trickling out of one of our nostrils or some 11 homage indicating that the 11 that these go to, at least for the moment – is uh, that young lady who can break you in half with her mind? Oh my goodness, dude! I think I think that needs to be our next uh, our next setup. We need to uh, superimpose. I, dude, by the way, I loved how you uh, superimposed Appa in front of our logo for uh, for that last oh, right, step yeah. that we did. That was sweet. Maybe we could do something like that. Um, but yeah, I. W- it's pretty simple. You just I just my, dude. My voice <laughs> has been doing that for like three days, and I think. I've just been yelling and laughing and having so much fun lately. I've trashed it, and now I sound like Peter Brady entering <laughs> puberty. But uh, what are you talking I'm not about? Do is flip uh, the the icon or the the logo upside down, and maybe put a little of that uh, kind of white stuff that floats around in the upside down in front of it. Yes, yes. I don't know. Just a word of advice: don't start Stranger Things three until you're ready to see it through, because you will not be like. You won't be making it last. That's oh. for sure. Well, that's how that's how I did one and two. One, um, of course, it hadn't reached the level of fame uh, that uh, that it has. It, I watched it pretty early on, but I got hooked, and within two days watched it. When two came out, I went over to my buddy Nathan's house, uh, who will actually this guy who was just uh, texting you. Now, that's right. right. That's right. Um, and. He was like, hey, yeah, let's come over and we'll watch a few episodes. So he had a big Stranger uh, Things party, so went over, uh, had some really good food, and then we started watching the first two episodes, and people were like, ah, oh, it's getting tired, it's getting late, so we kind of closed things down. I went home and binged the rest of it till like 4 in the morning uh, to get all the way through it. So I have no doubt that that will be my Friday night. I will get home from work and I will start the first episode and not stop until I'm done. So I am looking forward to that. Listen, one, I'm just going to tell you one thing. It's not a spoiler because it's literally just handed to you in the first 10 seconds. Okay. The only thing that could have made one and two more eighties and more awesome is present in spades in season three. And that is Ruskies. <laughs> it, yes. oh my gosh it's yes. just dude i i know it's super popular it's not like you know we've got uh avatar or you know the kind of niche nerd culture kind of thing that people are like people who love this love it cult following and everybody loves stranger things so it's not you know that cool to like it but i truly feel like of all the entertainment i've consumed mm-hmm. stranger things may kind of be the best manifestation of what it is what it's trying oh, to yes. do you know what i mean like yeah. it's the it gets it knocks it out of the park it's like yeah. this is what i want to be 
and then it just completely delivers. It doesn't overpromise. It doesn't shoot for too high. Yep. And man, here's the thing. I hope this is the last one for one reason, not plot related, but because like those kids are starting to look gross. Oh. Like, like the seventies <laughs> fashion that leached into like my childhood, you know, the early eighties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it, it looks okay on like little kids, but now like Will is like, he looks like a grown man in like these tiny little short shorts with this weird page boy haircut. And I'm like, I feel like I'm looking at somebody's like, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I've stumbled into a, a corner of the, the internet I want nothing to do with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> if, they, if they get any older, the whole thing is just going to be weird. Yeah. But uh, I've heard I, I've heard a lot of people, I put out on my uh, Facebook on July 5th, I said, be honest, who has finished Stranger Things 3? I hadn't started it. Yep. A bunch of people said they had. And I said, well, without giving any away, how is it? And a couple people were like, oh, no, the innocence is lost. They've lost the spark. It's... And I must disagree. And we can get into the, the specifics when we do an episode on it soon. But yes, I, I just I mean, I'm only on season seven of. Oh, that's right. Eight. <laughs> oh, that's, come on, guys. Eight. But uh, man, just just phenomenal. Those nice. those Duffer brothers, man, those guys, they can write their own ticket and they deserve to because, man, they're good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It is. Uh, it is always anticipated. Uh, you know, I say always. I mean, there were only three season three seasons in, but I remember the the anticipation leading up to season two and the release of that, and now season three. So I am very much looking forward to uh, enjoying enjoying this season. So nice. We will definitely make sure we uh, get ourselves uh, in there and do a special episode on that. So. So, uh, uh, listeners, we need you to spitball and brainstorm and give us the very clever episode title with the word 11 in it. Uh, that The pun, the, the tie-in, the wordplay for these go to 11. What are we going to call this episode? And are we going to invite your friend Nathan? Oh, yeah. I mean – Probably, right? Yeah, probably because he's uh, he's been – you know, I mean he's been a regular guest on here and he's also been the one when we've done the Stranger Things uh, eps, he's been the one that, that, that comes on. So I am – I'm going to definitely look to recruit him. I've tried to recruit Dutcher for uh, several of them and uh, he just – you know, he got back to me today and he was like, man, I'm sorry. I'm just – just it's sheer sheer busyness right now for me, so I apologize. Guy. So Forget that guy. That's right. He's dead to me. That's right. He's he's on the back burner. Um, you know, so we're uh, we're we're gonna he's move gotta, on. He's gotta build his way back up the call sheet. That guy's last on the call sheet <laughs> that's now. Right. You need to earn your way back into this program. That not only did you start, but you also like saved a little while ago by like like paying the overdue bill for the website. <laughs> humiliating was that he had to go in there and he like paid the bill and you were like well what do we owe you and he's like i don't worry about it kids uh it's on me and i was just like what? I, i'm having flashbacks to like being in college and my dad like paying off my you know my my late fees at the commissary or whatever like what oh man uh so great you know he's like one of those absentee dads who thinks he can buy our love with with websites and and what we really want is just his time and his presence and and his uh, characters like uh, James King. <laughs> but but let's be let's be honest, Zach. I mean, we'll take his money too. I mean, yeah, let's well, not. We'll take his yeah, money. Yeah, we'll let's not. <laughs> We've left a choice between nothing and the money. We'll take the money. Also, given a choice between his presence and the money, depending on how much money we're talking about, <laughs> could go either way. That's right. We're, we're you know we're fifty fifty. We're we're equal opportunity here. <laughs> Do you know how old this guy is? How old is uh, is your pastor there? Uh, Dutcher is. Um, I'm going to say forty six, forty seven. Really? Okay. It's it's strange to me how as you get older, like how much smaller the gap needs to be before somebody feels like they're um, 
like not a generation older, but like you know when you're a kid and when you're like in fifth grade and a high yeah. school kid comes around. Oh yeah, and you're like, oh, they're like next level, like right. experience and and I want to like like I don't know to me. Like, was not all that unnatural when Dutcher came in and paid the bill. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, he's the benefactor. He's the he's he's a, the, the guy who's got his stuff together here. But really, like, he's only – he and I are in our 40s. Right. You're, are you yeah. 40 yet? You're 40, aren't I'm you? Not. You just turned 40? No, I, I haven't <laughs> turned 40 yet. <laughs> I know. <I'm> just- <laughs> I was going to say, do you want me to tell you how much under 40 I am or – You're like one year under 40, right? No, keep going. You're 37. I am 37. I knew it, actually. All along. <laughs> oh, man. Do we have a better topic than talking about Dutcher, who's too good to even be on our show? And also who somehow, I, I just uncovered, I guess, I have some kind of weird, like, daddy issue, like Captain Holt relationship with. I've never been in the man's presence before, but I seek his approval. Well, we, we actually – we do have a better topic. We do have a topic about approval today, which we're going to get oh. to in just a second. You like that segue, man? I'm, I'm rolling I tonight. It makes sense, but I do like it. Um, and uh, we do want to give a shout-out to Mission Aware, though. Uh, you know, want to emphasize them, push them. You know, I was just on the website again recently, uh, just kind of flipping through some of the products. And really, um, I have a huge list that I'm building up and accumulating for uh, Christmas time. So I'm I'm about to you know uh, tag that on my Amazon list and and get over there. But you know, want to uh, just throw throw the love out there to them. Uh, definitely check out uh, the, the these go to eleven uh, section on the collabs page and pick up some of our cool swag and products. Also, let's not forget to throw some love over to Gut Check that has their one T-shirt uh, that you can get one now. T-shirt. Now There's let me two ask now, you. but they're the same one. Let me ask you because I forgot to double check this. Do they have their own section on the collabs, or are they under? Are you guys still under Happy Rant? No, no. Gut Check has its own page. Oh, okay. It's a very minimalist page. Well, it, it fits you guys, though. I mean, I mean, that's what Gut Check is. It's it's the minimalist. It, you're you're all about the people, and so you don't want to flash them with you know any kind of fancy trappings. You just you want it there, and you want to sell it. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, Gut Check is more about the decadence, the the kind of conspicuous consumption, like whatever the non-cocaine version is of having mountains of cocaine in the 80s. Like, I would like to see not only all the products that, that uh, these go to 11 has, but with the Gut Check logo, I'd like to see just unrelated stuff on our page, like pinky rings, you know, like uh, ascots. It, it doesn't ha- – I mean, it could just be related in sort of uh, – uh, the vibe and the the ethos, uh, and and honestly, I mean, he. <laughs> here's a funny thing about my friend Jeff. Talk about my friend Jeff. I talked to him on the phone three times, uh-huh. and I've met him in public once. Uh, friend of the program, friend of the both all three of the programs that I'm involved with now, uh, because Clinch, I just got done with those. I put out some sweet mid roll. Ads for, for Mission Aware. Mission Aware sponsored um, all of the season two episodes, and uh, I put together some good stuff. Um, but, man, where was I going with this? I'm so amped up. I've had so much caffeine today. <laughs> uh, I was talking about uh, – the, the, oh, yeah. So, so um, no, that's not it. <laughs> all three episodes. So, gut check, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. My, so, so, Jeff actually bought like a, a quantity of – uh, the smoking book from Gut Check Press. Oh, okay. It was one of the few times we've had like a standard like publisher like interaction, like, like not not selling books one at a time to individuals, but but selling them to uh, a reseller of some kind. That, that's happened maybe eight or nine times, and it was like a year ago. And he's like, "Yeah, I'll sell them on the website. I'll put them on the the Gut Check page," and he didn't do it. Like he's so busy. But like he did pay for the books. Like he was like, "Here's the money. Thanks for the books," and and, and still just this one T-shirt sits there. So I don't know. I I really I find that guy so fascinating because he must have. I mean, is this one of like eight or nine different like industry defining businesses that he runs? Oh, it's. I mean, it's got to be right because the dude is just he is uncatchable in uh, in communication. 
is it possible that there's like you know um Quranic wear and like there's it's like an Islamic thing and he's selling the t-shirt like <laughs> is, is it possible he's kind of dominating all the different world religions uh what is going on behind the scenes what what's going on behind that kind of lantern jaw that that uh, our friend Jeff has has there you know I mean like is he perhaps working with the Russians not to get all stranger things <laughs> but the ones that swayed the election is that why he's so busy that I mean I don't know. I'll tell you what. I've never heard of. I've never heard of anyone though making a legit order on the site and having to wait a long time for a product. <laughs> I'm serious. When I when I've made orders on the site, and I've done it a few times. They come like lickety split. So whatever he's doing with his time, he's he's adequately uh, you know giving time to fulfilling orders, or he has enough staff to do all that. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. He's 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 just a he's a visionary. He's like Steve Jobs. That's right. That's I'll like, tell you what, try and get FaceTime with Steve Jobs these days. Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I tell you, I switched energy drinks. I don't, I don't drink Monster anymore because I think that's like for teenagers with scuzzy mustaches. Now I, I drink this stuff called Rain Total Body Fuel, and I think Monster makes it. So I don't know. <laughs> I have. I, I don't think I've ever had that before. It's so good. There's this, this uh, flavor called Peach Fizz. Okay. And it is oh my gosh, just give it a try. Have it you and Ted reviewed it yet on uh on your podcast? We have. You don't know because you don't listen to uh, it, but we have. Yeah. I see I I'm uh I, I'm t- I'm on hiatus. I cuz I I was actually all caught up with the podcast and then you guys weren't releasing as regular well, you were le- releasing regularly for you guys. Um, but not on what I would consider a regular basis. And so I was like listening to other things to fill the time. And then I got caught up into these other podcasts. So I, I promise you, I will get back in. You are, but I will get back into it and I will binge you guys and I'll get back up and it, it'll be all good. I'll, I'll be square with you guys. You're going to hear all the horrible things I said about you on that podcast. <laughs> Who knows the fate of this program? <laughs> What you don't just say him to me here? <laughs> who who goes next is the question. All right, we went from Greg Dutcher to Steve to myself. Is it Trogzy? Is it going to be Trogzy next? Because that won't last. He'll show up for the first three, and then he'll move on to something else. I, I was going to say that that's just you know that that's just a, a mini series right there. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be long standing. I understand Les Lamphere is no longer uh, committed to a podcast. Maybe you could grab him. <laughs> Maybe you could grab Mark Driscoll and you could like be sponsored by his sermon notes. <laughs> How funny was that old thing, dude? <laughs> oh, dude, you got you got to go into that a little bit before we hit the topic today. Well, I mean, you everybody's heard about it because it's the funniest thing to happen in a long time. One of those like self-parody moments, like every time like Trump says something. Or, for example, when somebody like freaking Mark Driscoll, who you feel like has been trying so hard to like re-earn seriousness capital yeah. ever since he founded that, that new church. Um, and then, of course, he, he – I don't know if you heard about this. We're going to talk about this on the, the Gut Check podcast uh, on Monday. He, uh, he, he's publicly left Calvinism behind and thinks it's nonsense. But uh, now you can – if if you like sign up for his newsletter, which seems to me, having yes, I signed up for it just to find out, to be like just hawking of his his like product, you get entered into a, a into a drawing to get signed sermon notes from him. Oh no way! You didn't know this? No, <laughs> no. You, sir, can own signed sermon notes. And then uh, that, that uh, dame that runs the uh, What Christian Culture Likes uh, tweeted, the other way to get uh, autographs from Mark Driscoll is to visit a variety of Seattle-area Goodwill stores. Oh. She had like eight things on, you know, like in a, in a grid of all right. that she found. Oh, man. <laughs> You can always count on him, though, to be. I did it again. Good grief, man! I got to calm down. I got to re-enter manhood. Uh, <laughs> is it is it sad that I'm 41 and I'm still just mainlining energy drinks? <laughs> Dude, is my it's, body trying to tell thing. me that? My yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. 
Well, anyway, I, I, I feel like you wanted me to say something briefly before we got to our topic, and instead, I just took us off on a very strange trajectory, <laughs> and we wound up sitting in a Goodwill store with Mark Driscoll. <laughs> oh, but but Zach is with you, so I, I'm okay with that. Um, well, is it okay that your friend uh, Nate Bartlebaugh is not here? <laughs> I want to feel like I'm enough for you when we're doing this program. <laughs> uh, I'm all focused on you, man. I'm focused on you 100%. <laughs> uh, you know what? Sell it a little more. What's that? If if I could hear boys to men's down on bended knee in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I meant by that. This is getting strange. <laughs> oh, man. All right. We better, uh, we better run into our topic here. <laughs> For the rest of the program, Nathan is going to start watching Stranger <laughs> Things three. season three, and we're just going to sit with him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> His occasional oohs and ahs. Oh, man. Oh, dude. So to set up our topic, you actually have uh, – do you want me to go ahead and, and tell our topic, or do you want to set it no, up no, no. through your stories? Here's the thing. Like every once in a while, uh-huh. I'll, I'll bring something up, and my wife will say, that would be a great podcast topic. And I say, yes, it would. And this was one of those cases. I was like, do you remember to my wife years and years ago this happened? Um, we, we were newly married maybe and we were real involved in our church. This is a you know, churches ago. And uh, have you ever been on a search committee, like a pulpit committee? Uh, no, I have not. Oh, it's a, I've been on one twice. And then, of course, I dealt with a lot of them when I was you know candidating. Yeah. But uh, – <laughs> We, we were looking for a pastor, and we'd been looking for a while for this church, and we had somebody who was like, listen, we live in a different state. I won't – I'll keep it vague just in case, you know. Uh, and one of our parents lives up in Michigan, and they're getting older, and we're thinking maybe we ought to relocate. Okay, so so this is kind of how it was framed. We yeah. have a reason, we have a, a motive for wanting to be there, yep. and maybe it will work out that your church is a good place for us to do ministry, which would make perfect sense to me because God, being sovereign, doesn't have to be like, well, what am I doing here? Am I relocating you to do ministry, or is this for you to move? No, I mean God God works in in multifaceted ways. Right. So right. we're all open to it. We we actually do an interview with the guy over the phone. And then we have him come up and preach. He preaches twice. We, and we do in our tradition, we do this thing called neutral pulpit. So a different church, not his church, not the church that's thinking about calling him. We'll just say, okay, Sunday morning, we'll have this guy come in and preach. And during our normal service, and then you can sit, your, your committee can sit in the back and watch him. Yep. It's a really weird vibe, no matter how you cut it, but that's how we do it. Uh, so we watch him and we say, it would be great since they have two services. If you preach two sermons and he was like, all right, I'll do it. Dude preaches the word for word, the exact same sermon twice. Oh my word. Complete with getting just a little choked up at the exact same point in the exact same way twice. Yeah. Um, so (laughs) I thought that was weird and it started to turn me off to him, but everyone else on the committee was still all whole hog. Backstory, this church was a little, it was full of some weird people, and we were uh, like – I don't know. I felt like I was weirder when I was there. Like it was – I don't know. It was just a strange vibe to the place. I loved it because it was weird. I loved it because there was no sheen to it. There was no like – what you saw was what you got there. Sure. And, and I met some awesome people, that weird people, interesting people. A guy who went to Harvard who uh, – he bought so many clothes in the 60s and 70s that when he – like when his clothes run out, he goes shopping in his basement and and opens up boxes of clothes from the 70s that are still brand new. I mean, stuff like that. Wow. Anyway, th- th- that is in- essential backstory because the <laughs> committee, not me, not my wife, but other members of the committee decided the neutral pulpits in the same town as one of our committee members' parents, why don't we, instead of bringing them to a restaurant where it's you know all impersonal and public and it's hard to talk to them, why don't we have that pulpit committee members parents prepare a meal everyone else thought it was a great idea so we follow the directions this is like print out map quest era like early in that like so we're all kind of going we're driving down the street toward the house and we see on on the street but like not to be picked up by garbage people like part of like the like welcome to our home 
decoration, there is literally a toilet just sitting there. Um, I think it seemed, based on how it was kind of abutted to some planters and things, that at some point maybe they planted flowers in this toilet. Okay. We pull in, and my wife and I are like, this guy that we want you know, possibly to be our pastor just saw this, and we were <laughs> horrified and just – just like, oh my gosh. So we go in. It's, I don't know, July. It's probably about this time of year. We go in and this guy's mom has made full-on Thanksgiving dinner, but like the chintziest, worst possible version of it. So it's like boxed potatoes, you know, like canned corn, but like not drained well. Right. And like, just It was just bad. And, and it's so awkward for some reason – I, I hadn't thought about the fact that I learned slowly to interact with these people, but they were un, they were incapable of like regular conversation. Mm-hmm. So we get on this like we're in like uh, the kids' tables where we're sat with this this pastor and his wife, and they must have been thinking like you're a seminarian, you're going to be a pastor and a pastor's wife, you'll have a lot to talk. And immediately I see them doing like the side eye to each other, like we're not, this is, this is a formality at this point. We're not going to end up here. Like this, this is just, so I almost just said, long story short, ship is sailed on that one. (laughs) Um, so we, we try to do the interview. It's the whole day is awkward, just as awkward as possible. The guy's parents keep interjecting into this in a way that they have no business doing because they don't have any interest, you know, in the church. Right. Um, no vested interest anyway. So, so at the end of the day, they leave. We get a call from them a couple of days later, and we're told we've been praying about it, and we've decided that God would have us stay at our church in this state, which is at least four states away from us. Mm-hmm. At which point, you have nothing you can say except, okay, yeah. I guess, if that's what God wants. He didn't we, – we're not all feeling like, ooh, he's the one. We were just feeling like, ooh, somebody because it had been a pretty dry spell there trying right. to find a candidate. Anyway, the code of the story is about three months later, I read in our newsletter that uh, a nearby city in Michigan, in fact, much nearer to where the, the parents live, had called him as the pastor. Hmm. And I said – at a pulpit committee meeting, because we were still looking at that point, I said, bull crap. Yeah. This per- – he should have just – if he wanted to appeal to God speaking directly to his heart, right. he should have said, I don't think we're a good fit or something like right. that. Right, But by saying God has told us we're supposed to stay in our present setting yes. and continue doing ministry here, he had set himself up to either – I mean, what are the options then? At, either he's now disobeying God, right, or he really misheard God. In which case, a pastor who quickly says God said this to me specifically, and then three months later goes back on it, isn't yeah. the kind of pastor you want. Or he was lying, right? And, and it's the kind of sanctified lying that I'm sure we've all done. Sure, that says I can then I can easily non-awkwardly back out of anything uh avoid anything slip slip past any by simply evoking god's specific will for the situation as revealed to me yeah when he really i mean we wouldn't have wanted him to be just savagely honest like you were weird the whole thing was weird my wife and i laughed about it the whole way home what there was a toilet why wouldn't you bring us to a restaurant? I mean, like we wouldn't have wanted that. Yeah, um, yeah. I wouldn't wanted to see the feelings hurt of these people that I that I loved, even though yeah, they were a little odd. So what? They they were cool. Um, they were they were like they were like what hipsters are trying to be, you know, right, just, just right. Odd, off off by a little, but in a fun way. Anyway, what I would have said if I were him was. Uh, we're going to keep looking because it doesn't seem, you know, after doing this, it didn't seem like. He could have even – like Amber Danielson, uh, one of the people in our uh, uh, discussion room, asked me for my ask you an- ask me anything um, about people saying they didn't have peace about something. Yeah. It yeah. would have even been better to use that term, right? I, we sure. don't have peace about it. It doesn't feel like exactly right. God is at work. But right. instead he went full God is telling us specifically open quote – 
stay in your current ministry setting, close quote. Yeah. At which point, I mean, is that blasphemy? What is that? Where you speak for God when you know God didn't say this thing, you're just trying to like use the the sovereign will of God as your whatever, yeah. your graceful exit. Yeah. So do you have any stories like that? I feel like everybody has – I have several others, but but I'm, I mean that's the best one. Like, yeah. I feel like everyone has been through that before. And, and what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean I, honestly I've, I've been through it before um, on the receiving end. Uh, when I was younger, I went through it on the giving end. Um, so I'm not even – you know, I can't even say that I'm totally innocent of that. Um, now I kind of just go with – um, I, I think part of it is, is a different mindset on my view and understanding of God's will. Um, I, I've come to, to really think about that as a, as a different thing. And I think part of that, I was actually, it's interesting that you brought this up because I was having this discussion with a family member of mine, uh, recently and the concern was just, um, you know, I, I just, I, I want to, it, it was almost that frantic, I don't want to miss God's will for my life. You know, and every little yeah. last detail is God's will, and I don't want to miss that. And and I to an extent, I understand what she's saying, because I I was in that setting, and um, I, I get that. I, I remember being in uh, churches and backgrounds growing up where, that was the thing, you know, God's got, God's got a plan for your life and you can't miss that plan. One of the things that has been a tremendous comfort to me in, in looking at confessions and, and people can go back and listen to, you know, my view on confessions. I, I think they're great, but I don't think they're scripture, but I think they are tremendously helpful. You know, in the Westminster um, catechism is, you know, what is the chief end of man? You know? And so, Ooh, ooh, I know this one. <laughs> Mr. Bartles. Uh, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yeah. And and I just I, – I looked at um, – I looked at my family member and I just said, you know, that is what we are supposed to do. That is our goal. That is our purpose. That is how we please God. Um, and so in that, I think – that I can be fully content and not worry about missing out on God's plan for my life in any number of things. Uh, I hear people all the time, even even Christians, talking about the one they were supposed to marry. I believe Joy was the one I was supposed to marry, but in a specific context. I don't believe she was the one I was supposed to marry um, because if I had met and married and fell in love with someone else— um, it would have been all screwy and wrong with God's plan. I believe that, you know, we, we worked at our relationship. God brought us together. We worked at the relationship. And yes, I think that this is part of God's plan. Um, and so I think it's kind of a weird balancing act of understanding that there is nothing that we are going to do that's going to thwart God's plan in our life. And so I think... I think there's a lot of things going on. And, you know, one of the things that I remember again growing up is just thinking that, oh, I have to do this specific thing. So I have to go into this specific field. I have to have this specific job. And I, I've really come to appreciate the fact that if I'm honoring God in what I do and I'm enjoying his presence in my life, then as long as I'm not sinning against his word, then I could do a myriad of things, you know, and for you as a pastor, Zach, I, I, I would think to a certain extent that you feel the same way that at this moment in time, you are called to the church that you're at. Um, but if God were to call you somewhere else, do you, re, do you think the feeling would be that of, am I missing God's will if I go here as opposed to here or, uh, let me kind of throw it back to you. What What are your feelings with that and your struggles and tensions with that over the years? Yeah, I, I feel like this is a pretty common thing for people to grow out of, um, which is why I think that it's, in my anecdote, 
having the the guy who is the the potential pastor of the church doing it is is telling. Yeah. If it's a, yeah. a you know a, a college student's worried about, I mean, when, when you're 18, 19, 20, 21, whatever, uh, or even to some degree, 16, 17, 18, thinking about what school to go to and stuff, there's so you're, you're so far back, and there are such a an infinite number of possible roads. Yeah. In every direction, in every facet of life who you're going to marry, what kind of life you're going to have, where you're going to live, what kind of work you're going to do, and, and things you're going to say and do and decide in the next you know, couple of years are going to limit every, every little decision. Almost an infinite number, probably an infinite potential number of things fall away, right. at least for, for them to be easily accessible. You'd have to kind of start over to get to a lot of them. And, and so I get why in that stage of life, you know, someone at a college is worried, you know, they'll break up because – I mean, I love you, but I don't feel like you are the only one that God would have me marry, and I need to find that one. Um, I, I think it was, wasn't it John Piper who there was like a, uh, a meme going around with a quote from him where it was like, "How do I know if my who is really the one that I should marry?" Mm-hmm. And it was like, "Check the name on your uh, marriage There's, license." Yeah. <laughs> um, which I mean, that could you, you could uh, people took obje- uh, uh, what do you call it? people took umbrage with that because yeah. it was. It's too simplistic, and what if you're being abused or saying it's like no, no, no? He's not talking about the exceptions. Right. Either exceptions, but right. um, yeah. So, so I, I mean, I get we've all dealt with that. Yeah. Um, what you wind up, I mean, I, I feel like in in college, I, some of the best like life theology, like rubber meets the road things that I ever experienced were not in uh, small group settings or with a campus minister or even in like theology classes. They were in the the Greek class, the exegesis class, the Old Testament background class, when we'd get off the topic for a minute mm-hmm. into, you know, this thing that happened in King Saul's life or this this little phrase in one of Paul's epistles and the syntax there it shoots us off into another. And I remember one of these discussions of God's will is a circle, not a point. Mm. And Andy Smith, who was uh, was and is an amazing New Testament professor and also a uh, fellow pastor of mine now in, in our denomination, uh, just laid this out for us. You, we think of God's will as a point. You got to find it. You got to stay in it. If you, you know, it's like there's a spotlight on the stage and if you step out of it, you're outside, you know, you're in the dark yeah. and, and, and it's, it's, but it's harder to find than a spotlight somehow. Right. I mean, right. It, God made it <laughs> difficult. He, he was just being a jerk and he was like, you have to, you know, go through all the clues and, 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 and do the scavenger hunt. Right. And he was like, no, it's a circle. To God has, you know, we, we talk about God's will meaning A, his sovereign will, yep. in which case, you know, talking about in that terms, anything that happens is within his sovereign will, his permissive will. Yes. And then his moral will, B. And his moral will is that you would love your neighbor and that you wouldn't commit adultery and that you wouldn't lust and that you, you know, and if you're not going outside of that, mm-hmm. uh, you are not violating God's will. Kevin DeYoung wrote a great book on that, uh, just do something and, and uh, he yeah. susses it quickly it's succinctly really really good stuff uh and i i've always been you know when people ask me like what would god have me do i generally quote to them james 1 5 if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask god uh who gives what is it who gives generously to all without reproach and and he will give it to them yep. uh, paraphrasing a little bit um and so if you if you need the wisdom to make the decision ask god yeah if you think it'd be good for you to go back and live near mom and dad because they're getting older, you don't need some weird psych out like spiritual other reason. Like, oh, right. it just happens that God is calling me to this. No, go there because remember how Jesus freaked out on the Pharisees for that whole Corban thing and, and, and shirking their responsibility to their parents? Yeah. Stay within the circle. And wherever you go, God will find – he'll have something for you to do. You, right. you can serve him. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I mean, I feel like you and I both had the same realization at about the same season in life because that's a natural thing. Yeah. What worries me is there are a lot of preachers, not just like, I mean, this, this was a very dinky church sure. uh, that was kind of in the mix. There are preachers with mega platforms and podcasts. And do you ever like, you're on iTunes checking uh, our uh, reviews of which we got a new one finally. Yes. Um, and, uh, 
you're like, wait a minute, why is it recommending all the top people in our category who are all heretics? But uh, <laughs> like, like a lot of them, they push this. Like you've yeah. got to solve the puzzle. Uh, and man, that's so unhealthy. But more than that, it just wastes precious time and energy yeah. trying to solve a puzzle that literally doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and I think too, um, you know, going back to your point of the the preachers out there, because to a certain extent that was that was the environment that I grew up in. I feel like it wasn't. I didn't have people in my life guiding me in that way, saying, you know what, you can you can make a decision based on what you want to do and where you want to go. And, and I think they were well-intentioned saying, you know, you need to pray about where God wants you to go. You need to pray about where God's leading you. And I, and I think those things are good. And I think we still should do those things. But I also appreciate the fact that at the end of the day, that part of God's leading is going to be through my desires, through the things that are appealing to me. And again, as long as those things aren't violating his moral law, then it's going to be okay. It's okay. Right. If the desires are rooted in the flesh, right. then they're, they're, they're not something you want to follow. If they're rooted in the spirit, we're talking about, I mean, you, once you're indwelled with the Holy Spirit and you're being sanctified, you can't even separate what your, your desires, your spiritual desires are from God's specific leading because it's the very same spirit by which the pages of scripture were uh, revealed and inspired that is now leading you. So, so there is certainly... Uh, room to say God is leading me to this. Right. I wouldn't have even blinked if the guy had said God's not leading us there. I'd say, okay, well, you're not you're not feeling any unction here. You're not you're not feeling any. Right. You know, and, and maybe it's someone who really puts a lot of stake in that. Um. I and and there's a case to be made for and against it. Yeah. But but yeah, like you say, your your desire so, for a lot of people, there's this weird monastic like your desire means don't do it. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. I need to do what I don't want to do because. Uh, I need to get out of my comfort zone. Right. And I'm very comfortable ministering in a rural area because I grew up in a farm town. So I guess what would really show God I'm serious is if I go to New York City and try and poach people from Tim Keller's church by being more cosmopolitan than him. And it's like, why? What, right. Why would God want you to – what? You've got your background. You've got all of your, your desires. You've got where you're just, – just do your thing where God put you, bloom where he planted you to, to cliche it up, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, you know, you brought up uh, uh, Piper earlier, and there's uh, another quote that I've come to appreciate by him, and, and I'm going to be paraphrasing this one, um, which is basically, you know, um, lo- looking back on your life, it's okay to mourn for the possibilities but once you're done mourning, you give up and you rejoice for the future and the potential that God has for you. Um, and, you know, I really, I, I appreciate that because, you know, I, I remember times looking back on my life and, and thinking back and thinking, well, what if I had done this and this and this? Um, and there's a point where you can become overly obsessive with things like that. And in, in, in trying to think about the way your life might have turned out could be, uh, depressing in a way, but I think there is something to to reflecting and saying what would have happened or what could have happened if I had done that. But moving on to the future and pressing on to what you have now and to what God has for you to go into um, should be the more exciting part of your life journey. And so, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I am, but. But tell me, I mean, and this is so – isn't this incredibly hard to argue with with people when they're like, oh, I think God is – you know, I think God's leading me to do this. Or everything that comes out of the person's mouth is this is where God's calling me or this is what God's telling me to do. And it, that is an incredibly hard thing to argue with I think for, for two reasons. One is if the person is not doing something inherently evil or sinful um, – well, okay. I mean, you know, I don't know what you're feeling and, and where you're drawn to. So, you know, that, that very well could be. And so, and then the other is, um, along, uh, a similar note where, you know, for me personally, if, if I'm having a conversation with that, if God's not leading them there, then he must not be leading me to partner with them. <laughs> um, 
And so that is, that is such a hard thing to come in and combat. And, and I think part of that is I'm about to, you know, give an answer, uh, is, is that the person believes it, or I, I would at least hope they believe that so emphatically, you know, that there's, there's, it's almost like there's no, there's no discussion to have in that case of, well, well can we at least talk about it so that we can find out, you know, maybe some general, wh- why weren't you interested or why don't you think God's leading you here? Um, do you find that a difficult thing to, to come in and, uh, try to, you know, suss out more specifics with? First of all, man, I implore you, don't say life journey. Don't be that guy. Nathan, don't be that don't be that Nathan. <laughs> no, but I mean I think the, the, the thing's designed to be a conversation killer. It's mm. a it's a sanctified is a sanctified trump card that says uh, I don't have to explain what's going on in my mind. I don't have to engage. I don't have to um, if, if you're going to challenge me on, maybe you do need to do. I said no, no. God doesn't want me to. Do. Um, and and so it's. I think the yeah, it is. It is difficult to to enter into any kind of discussion, and it's it's meant to be. And, and I think people know that. And some people do it all the time. Other people keep that one way up their sleeve. So mm-hmm. that and, and you know when that comes out often for pastors, and this sucks mm-hmm. when people leave the church. Mm. And you say, just you know what? Let's let's sit down. I, I understand you're leaving. You, you have every right to re- to leave the church. I, I've had so few people leave the church that it makes each one sting more. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and much of the time, it's just you know what we think God would have us go. So and, and then I'll say, but hold on, what's the difference between where you're going now and, and, and our church? And I, and I've had people say stuff like, well, you know, they have a lot more of the old timey hymns. And I'm thinking, you. So wait a minute, God cares. Right. Whether you sing – and when, by old-timey, they mean newer than what, most of what we sing. They mean like Southern Baptist, like Gaithery stuff. Sure. And, and it's like you're, you're really expect me to believe that God's favorite hymns are the Gaither stuff, so much so that he specifically told you to leave one church and go to another. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're lying. Right. That's what's happening. Right. Uh, and, and, and you're probably not just lying to me. You're probably lying to yourself too. Yeah. It's, you know, and, and, and maybe it, it is the whole like equating having peace with something with God's will, which would be the other extreme mm-hmm. uh, from I have to, you know, get out, out of my comfort zone. Um, I only can be in my comfort zone. Uh, I right. only can be at a church that's exactly like what I love. And I don't know, but, but yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's difficult. Let me, let me throw something else back at you though. Mm-hmm. What do you do with, I mean, in the old Testament, one of my favorite stories, um, lately has been, uh, the early days of David and the call of, of David, right? Yeah. yeah. And when you read, because when you read about Samuel, who's called a seer yep. in those days, they would say, let us go and consult a seer. Yep. Uh, he's, I mean, he's the whole package, this guy, he's just, you swipe right for, for Samuel. He's a prophet. He's a seer. He's definitely hardcore and he kills people and cuts them into little pieces but uh, in that story, he's going to find the guy, and God's like giving him like turn by turn, yeah, you know, uh, Tom Tom directions, yeah, and and you get the this like he's hearing in real time from Yahweh. Yeah, he's telling him, nope, not that guy. Nope, not that. Nope, there must be another guy. And 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 a lot of people i think expect that they're going to get that and when they don't they feel like they have to fake it or pretend they have yeah. or interpret different pangs inside of them as those words and assume well maybe that's what uh, you know samuel was doing as well but but even if we say okay well that was because the prophets were there for a people that didn't all have the holy spirit now that we're indwelled with the holy spirit we don't but i mean read I mean, I'm preaching through Acts. We just had the thing of like, come on over to Macedonia and help us. And that comes right at the end of this this journey through what was a very small possible path through Turkey because they were not able to go into Bithynia in one direction. They were not able to go into Asia in the other direction. Why? Because God kept them. He did not permit them. Yeah. And then they get Troas and they're looking out at the sea and they're like, where now? And then there's this dream. So the, these guys have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And yet God is also telling them specifically where to go and when. So what do you say to a Christian who says, 
I believe, you know, that Jesus hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm expecting God to tell me exactly what to do. And, and I only do anything when God tells me to do it. Yeah. Uh, and I, and it is, that's, that's hard because, you know, at that point we're coming from a different frame of reference. And again, this person, uh, this family member that I was talking to, she was coming from a different frame of reference. And so it was difficult to communicate, uh, you know, some truths, uh, to her in that. And, and I'm hoping that, you know, as she gets older, um, that will, you know, there'll be more of that revelation to her. Um, but you know, one of the things that I do remind people is that, that God uses others to help communicate his will and, and his word. And so, you know, one of the things that I, that I will always implore people when they're looking to get advice, when I'm looking to get advice about something serious is, is talk to, talk to people, talk to advisors, talk to counselors, find out what, what they have to say. Um, I have, uh, changed jobs. People would say an inordinate amount of times, um, in my adult career life. And each time I did, it was under, the guidance and uh, help of of trusted advisors. It wasn't just me on a whim going out and saying I want to do this because because I know my personality and I know I have the personality that's like, ooh, this looks fun. Let's let's try this, you know, and getting into it. And so each time that I changed jobs, even though it was a significant number, um, it was always under under guidance. It was always you know what, this, this might be a good thing. Um, so I would remind people of that, you know, why don't, why don't you try talking to some people, you know, and you know, God speaks through others. And so maybe somebody has a different perspective that, that you didn't think about yet. Um, and you know, I would remind those people, you know, to look at, um, the old Testament where, you know, uh, God brings Elijah into, you know, the cave and he speaks to him in the still small voice, you know, and that was um, on a mountain. <laughs> I'll, I'll send people up to a mountain. I mean, that's fine. Go, go to a mountain and wait for God to talk to you. Um, but I, you know, that God doesn't always communicate the same way all the time. And so right. we need to be open to different ways. And, and there are mm-hmm. times where I feel like in my life, things have been as, I, and again, you know, as uh, I'll, I'll say this as a person living in 2019, you know, when I hear of what I feel is a clear audible voice in my head, I, I'm not necessarily thinking the first thing is, is God, um, you know, that, but I have You're to You're thinking trust. I didn't take my medication. <laughs> exactly. Today. You know, but as, as a Christian, I know that God can do that. And so there are times where I know I've had a clear direction from God and there has been a clear voice that has come from inside that has said, go do this. Um, and so I, you know, as again, as someone who lives in 2019, who, you know, with all of the, the trappings that that entails, Trying to decipher and cut through that for me can almost be more difficult and a harder pill to swallow, no pun intended, um, than, oh, the, yeah, I, I, God has put these desires in my heart. There's nothing ungodly about them. And so I'm going to follow those things that I want to do. So I think that it behooves us to say that God can communicate even to one person in a multiple of different ways. And so being open to the way God is communicating, yes, it could be clear step by step. I spend a lot of time, as I'm sure you do, Zach, talking with um, missionaries overseas and the the stories and experiences that they have um, are just incredible. And when you hear the way God communicates and the way God speaks, um, you know, just just read any number of stories from uh, the Muslim population that is so almost totally closed off to Christ and, and how those people come to Christ so many times it's out of visions, you know, Christ came to me and, and, you know, the gospel was laid out before me and, 
you know, being willing to accept the fact that that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not boxed in by uh, 2019. He wasn't boxed in in 1000 BC, and he's not going to be boxed in 100,000 years from now. Um, but being willing that God might be communicating in another way, I, I would say that to anyone, not just that person who's like, well, I'm waiting for that step-by-step instruction. I would say it to them, but I would say it to anyone who's like, well, I, I'm just going to wait till something falls in my lap or I'm going to wait until, you know, the whatever strikes my fancy and I'm going to, you know, well, could God be communicating to you in another way at this time? Yeah, but God was boxed in from when Moses had those guys build the uh, the uh, Ark of the Covenant up and <laughs> no, I would also say I think there's a reason why God spoke in so many different ways. Like you know Hebrews one in, in the in previous times God spoke right. in various times and in various ways to the prophets. I mean if you're Ezekiel and you're Jonah. Like your average day, your job description doesn't – it barely looks like even the similar things. You know, yeah. I mean you even have different major categories of Hebrew words, you know, Neum, which is an oracle. You have all these different kind of like uh, – and God sometimes – and even like, yeah, that, that reference with Elijah – uh, on Mark Carmel and, and like uh, – or on Mount uh, – where does he go? He goes to the Mount of God and, and, and there it's like – uh, here's a bunch of different possible ways I could talk to you. And God kind of cycles through all of them mm-hmm. in order to say, uh, I'm going to speak to you in this moment in the most comforting way, not in a way that like I needed to blow the minds of those uh, Israelites to show them that they should stop wavering between two opinions and follow the actual powerful God. Yeah. But I don't need to blow your mind. The need you have at this moment is to be reassured and strengthened and, and fed. Mm-hmm. And so – there's that emphasis too, as he's as he's moving away from Jezebel. You know, the the journey is too much for you. Eat, God providing sustenance, and I mean, compare that to Gideon's call. Compare it to the way that Isaiah is 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 called and the way he delivers his. It's all different, and yeah. so yeah, I think I think you're right, and, and I think I would echo the same thing you said, which what I heard anyway was uh, essentially. I'm not expecting at every turn that God is going to come and give me uh, some direct, mm-hmm. uh, some directive, you know, yeah. do this right now. But if I have a dream where, you know, a little Haitian kid comes up and says, we need you to come uh, to, to Haiti and bring 200 Bibles. God wants you to do that. And I wake up. And I don't have a sense of like, well, that was a weird dream, but like the sense of I need to do it. Yeah. I'm exploring that, man. Yeah. And, and, and if there, you know, it, if it looks like there's something to it, I'm getting a, a, some people together and I'm bringing some stinking Bibles to, to Haiti. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to discount that. I'm not that kind of cessationist. Right. So it's not, it's not from like a, a hard cessationism that I tell people it's okay to just do what you want to do. And glorify God with your life. It's right. it's almost like the opposite extreme. It's it's an understanding that God's yes, He's speaking. He's speaking primarily through His Word to us. Right. Go there first. He's He's leading us through the Spirit, convicting and leading. And yeah, He's given you a bunch of other people. You got a cloud of witnesses. People, you know, you've got people who've died before. You can read about what they've done. Yeah. And 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 then you've got people who are alive and breathing around you right now. Don't discount them. Yeah. And, and this is, I mean, Nathan, it's so boring. Once again, you and I have like exactly <laughs> the same nuance to our view on this. Well, that, not even anything to argue about. I know. I know. We we've got to we've got to get find along this else. well with Nate Bartlebaugh or what? Well, he and I just talk about movies. So, uh, and actually, one of our one of our better podcasts that we did, um, we we did disagree on uh, on a movie choice. Uh, so, uh, we you what know, was it? Uh, it was. Uh, do you remember the movie Warcraft that came out? Nope. Uh, it was based on a, on the video game, obviously, Third. but. He thought it was a. Uh, he thought it was absolutely terrible, and I actually enjoyed it. So, <laughs> uh, let let me ask you this question though: um, How do you uh, talk to people who are uh, in the midst of 
um, or, or let me say, let, let's say they're past the decision um, that they've made and they're just like, oh my gosh, what, you know, what did I, what did I do? I mean, so, so let's say for marriage and let's, let's go to the extreme of, you know, um, I, I married this person, they're uh, abusive or, um, you know, they're unfaithful. Um, you know, w- was this not God's will for my life or was this God's will for my life? How, how do you as a pastor walk someone through that with that kind of mindset and mentality of, you know, man, God's will in full view, you know, did I, did I blow God's will? Uh, how would you walk someone through that? Well, I think you, you want to point them to examples in scripture. For example, um, you know, a major, we use a, a road and, and our, our life journey, um, same word in Hebrew and Greek, uh, hadas, way road journey, um, and in Hebrew the words way road journey, custom conduct, uh, and and so you know you get on a road and you're going, and you go, am I on the wrong road? Well, the Apostle Paul got on the road to Damascus, mm-hmm. totally wrong road. If you're like looking from a human perspective, because when he gets there, he wants to throw people in prison and drag them away, right? Uh, because He's literally the worst. He owns up to it later. He's like, yeah, I'm the best at being the worst. Uh, and, and yet, look what God accomplished with that. Thank God he got on that road. And mm-hmm. you know he, he would never have wished he could go back and say, don't go to Damascus. It's the wrong thing to do. Yeah, it's the wrong thing to do. But what he meant for evil, God meant for good. Yeah, I would point toward that. I would point toward a number of – I mean there's so many amazing – examples of that in scripture there's the famous home with joseph and his brothers there's all this stuff. and i would say okay so you're god's using the road you're on and you don't have to say to yourself oh i wish i would have gotten on a different road that's above your pay grade god is working in this road that you're on right now and in his sovereign plan which is literally fourth dimensional it's a four dimension tapestry mm-hmm. this god is is working on this on this road uh i mean at the same time i would also i mean i'd, I'd lead them through and i know you weren't you, you were just using an example but i when this kind of thing comes up i, I feel like i got to address it i would yeah. if someone's spouse is unfaithful i would uh tell them to read hosea mm-hmm. and say if you can forgive them and you think that there's a way to salvage this what a great example of you know christ's uh, god's grace and christ's love that would be if the spouse is abusive uh, physically or or in any way, I, mean, I, I would say uh, get the heck out of there. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you need someone to get there quick and uh, put a boot in this guy's chest uh, so you can go somewhere else, uh, you've got my number. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, These guys I mean, I, I've got – whoa, we're done, huh? <laughs> that was the last time we recorded, man. We went to 102 minutes last time. What? So I, I have the uh, I have the little these go to eleven plug in there, and uh-huh. I forgot I forgot to turn the uh, sound down, which I which I do sometimes. So the last time oh. we recorded, that was the last marker it was left at. There was no one hundred and two. Oh, oh, an hour and two minutes. Yeah, okay. sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it sounds like probably uh, a we are like now. Uh, strenuously agreeing with one another, and B. <laughs> You've got to go, you know, meet up with your buddy on, on a better podcast that you like more that makes you more happy than this one. <laughs> that you're texting about during this podcast while recording it. Uh, you got to head far, far from home. The, oh, set up. Uh, set up. But before we do that, Zach, we definitely um, we want to mention you said we got another review. Um, so thank you so much to whoever did that review. That is awesome. We want more reviews. Um, and just want to uh, throw this out there, Zach, your podcast, Clinch. Please make sure that uh, you check it out. Uh, listen to it. Uh, fantastic story, by the way. Uh, Zach Clinch was uh, amazing. So I, I really enjoyed uh, that. Yeah, can people um, people can get that on Amazon? Correct. Yeah, yeah. The book is on Amazon, ebook, paperback, uh, and I'm going to turn that deal. I'm, I'm doing a ton of audio now. 
I got the rights back for playing Saint in the last con from HarperCollins. So I'm going to be making audiobooks all over the place. And I think I'll take all the not fiction parts out of those eps and turn that into kind of a standard uh, audio book. And I'll, I'll probably sell it for just a couple bucks because it's it's out there for free kind of too. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out though. And, and there's uh, my favorite thing. Uh, that any podcast has ever done in my life was I was able with with my son to interview Gordon Corman, who's our favorite uh, author. Uh, he writes middle grade and young adult stuff. I've been reading him since like 1986, and we got to do a 45 minute interview with the guy, nice. and that's Clinch uh, season two, episode five. And oh my goodness, it's tons of fun. Nice. Nice. So definitely check out Clinch. Also, uh, Zach, you started releasing um, your sermons uh, onto the These Go to 11 podcast stream as well. So check out those. And you're always announcing when uh, Gut Check's up, when uh, Mimi Reads the Bible's up. So, um, you know, definitely check those things out. I Validate my life, people. That's right. I want to let the listeners know that I'm actually going to be um, – Getting, we have a um, AMC uh, movie pass down here. I'm going to be joining the premiere thing. So um, every once in a while, I'll probably go ahead uh, when you and I can't get together, Zach, and I'm going to drop just probably a movie review just so that we at least have something that we can drop once a week because I really want us to have some content that we can be releasing every Nathan, single week. It's so hard not to point out that, like, if we can't get together, sometimes I put a sermon on. And you put a movie review. You're so worldly, man. I know, right? <laughs> I am. I admit it. Hey, you know, although I – to be fair, uh, since since you and I have been doing – actually, since Greg has stopped doing the podcast, maybe we need to say it that way. Since Greg has stopped doing the podcast, I haven't been doing nearly as many uh, uh, drinking reviews, beer and, and whiskey reviews. So oh, I think nice. there's something to be said about that. Steve, not much of a uh, beer guy either. No, he really isn't. He'll he'll drink one every once in a while, but no, really isn't. So yeah, well, I mean, we all know that, uh, dude. Should I start a uh, a rumor that he's a secret drinker? Ooh, let's do it. Nah, let's not do that. Let's not do. <laughs> uh, you know what we could actually do, uh, which might be fun at some point, is to do uh, cigar reviews. Yeah, well, yeah, we we used to do those on the Gut Check podcast, and then I just started smoking like the same four cigars all the time, and it kind of <laughs> lost its luster. Oh, fair enough. Smoke what you like. I've been buying these four packs of Monte Cristos at this uh, at the old Bong and Vape, uh-huh. and uh, dude, oh, they're good. They're, so it's the, there's lighter ones that my wife likes, and then there's the darker ones that I like, and then there's the original. There's the white series, the silver series, and there's the the original Monte Cristo, which is oh man, it's just a it's just a delicious and really round uh, flavor and it burns really well. It matures really well and you don't have the walk through the next morning, walk yeah. through tongue. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's kind of, I, I feel like I was meant to be, you know, like an Alex P Keaton sort of, you know, uh, if, if I had followed God's plan for my life, <laughs> I'd be like sitting in a, a, a penthouse of like a skyscraper in Chicago, pacing around with like suspenders on, shouting buy and sell, smoking a cigar. <laughs> Instead, I followed my desire and became a pastor. That's right. <laughs> you fleshly man, you. Oh, man. All right. Well, again. Don't forget to uh, give us some love on iTunes or your favorite listening station. And, uh, Zach, until next week, we just rock the Casbah. These go to 11.